So this is the moment that Star Trek Picard has been leading to this entire time. And, oh, I feel like half my predictions were right. Half my predictions were wrong. And, oh, I'm not sure how they're going to end this. Mainly because I feel like they're going to set up a, some kind of a cliffhanger to hold us over till season two. But at the same time, this episode has to have a satisfying conclusion, right? Let's talk about that on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and I hope everyone's doing well in whatever state you're currently in. Yeah, it's crazy right now, right? But we're going to talk about Star Trek, because I think we all need an escape, don't we? Yeah. This is normally where I ask you to rate the podcast and all that, and if you want to, please, please do, but... You know, right now, just take care of each other, keep yourself safe, and be thinking about fun things, or at least how crazy a TV show can go before it completely goes off the rails. <laughs> Alrighty, on that note, so Star Trek Picard at in Arcadia Ego Part 1. And yeah, I don't really, I hate saying this every time, but there's not really a lot to say about this episode without going into spoilers. I mean, they arrive at the planet, stuff happens. They set up two things that, oh, I don't know if they mean what I think they mean, but they probably mean what I think they mean. And then it's over. I mean, it does kind of have a cliffhanger, but it's a very non-traditional Star Trek two-parter. I mean, it doesn't have that moment of, oh, now what? It just has a, things are about to go down. And that's all right. That's fine. I, I enjoyed it. I really like the characters. See, I, again, don't know how much I can say about actors without being spoilers, because some of y'all really don't like spoilers. But everyone did a good job in this movie, in this movie, in this episode. And yeah, I... I liked it. It was fine. I, I'm really concerned about one thing. But I can't talk about any of this. I really can't talk about any of this without going into spoilers. So, much earlier than I really want to, let's just drop that curtain now, shall we? If you have yet to see Star Trek Picard et in Arcadia Ego Part 1, and you don't want any spoilers, then now's the time to... Pause the podcast, go listen to it, and then come back. Okay? Spoilers are incoming in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You have been warned. 
Okay, so I was wrong about them getting to the planet and finding data, but they did get to the planet and find Brett Spiner playing a long-lost son of Dr. Nunian Sung, so does that still count? <laughs> I mean, does that still count? I'm counting it as being right, because I just had this really strong feeling that they were going to find him, and they were going to bring him back. Now, having said that, I... Okay, there's so much to talk about in this episode, and I'm probably going to talk about it backwards and inside out, because there are things that I want to make sure that I get to. And the first thing that I really want to talk about is that android body that is there that needs help with a mind transfer. Hmm, that could mean a lot of things. The, the one thing that I hope, I sincerely, deeply, deeply hope, it does not mean is that they're building that body to transfer Jean-Luc Picard's consciousness into that body. Because that, that, that would, <laughs> that would enrage so many people. And I mean, they've been hinting at the fact that we're going to get more Picard in season two. And by that, I actually mean Patrick Stewart. So if they do set it up, I guess he wouldn't take it or We'd have another Shinzon situation where there'd be two Picards or something. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're going to do with that. But I, I, I don't like the prospect of them trying to copy Picard. The other thing that they've been trying to do with that body that I've been thinking about ever since I saw it is they all have a little bit of Data's memory. And that this is going to be the way that they bring data back. And that's going to be the big surprise next episode. Is they're going to take that little bit of data's memory that's floating around all the new androids. And they're going to coalesce it. And we're going to be recasting a literally rebooted data. They're going to reconstitute data out of all of those memories. And we're supposed to be okay with it because... Brent Spiner is playing the mad scientist, as he calls himself, mad scientist, that works together with horrible person and cause of the galaxy's destruction, the, the, the real destroyer, Agnes Girardi, to do that. And I guess I'd be okay with it. I mean, it probably won't look like Brent Spiner. I mean, they'll probably find an actor that kind of looks like him enough and sounds like him enough. And we're going to be okay with it, I guess, because we're, we're going to see that passing of the torch that Star Trek likes to do. Either way, I'm not, I'm not entirely happy with the idea of that happening. I also don't like the idea of this being a body for Dr. Sung to inhabit. That would be weird, but I can see that as a possible action, you know, option as well. We'll see. We'll really have to see what happens with that. But it was such a brief moment in the episode and became an important pivotal moment later when they decide to lock up all the humans so that they don't stop them from calling the <laughs> AI overlords that exist beyond time and space that will come and save us all. Because that that's that's something that's existed in Star Trek before. But okay, I, I guess I'm going to be fine with it. Maybe their ship was one of the ones that 
found V'ger. I, I still think this is going to go back to V'ger in some way. But, okay. You know, they were taking care of some other group back then, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that all works out. But that that body, that body really worries me what they're going to do with it, because most of the options that I can see with it, I, I'm not sure how I or the rest of fandom will react to it. And it's going to have to work in the story. And Star Trek's not been the best lately of making things work within the story. Now, I could go on and talk about what's Narek up to, because, yeah, she needed Narek to kill somebody so that she could convince everybody else that they need to call the AI space gods down from the heavens to save them all. And, okay, and I feel like this is actually what Annika Hansen has left to do, and why the Borg released her, because... The Borg are seeking that perfection. And hopefully this doesn't turn into like the origin of the Borg, like that a remnant of that alien AI space god was left here and kind of melded with people or was captured and melded with people and that started the Borg and they've been seeking their perfection ever since. I don't want that to be the case. I don't. There are so many roads that this could take that I don't want it to take, and hopefully it won't take any of them. Hopefully I'm wrong, and there's some really awesome thing that they've thought of that I haven't that we're going to get to, but we shall see. But all in all, I'm most concerned about the body. I'm most concerned about that body laying on the table, that blank, because that turns Star Trek into altered carbon. And I don't like the idea of that. I mean, we've seen this before. So, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not possible. We actually saw, um, I can't remember the name of the episode, but in Star Trek The Next Generation, a scientist actually transfer his consciousness into Data and take over Data's body. So that that has happened in the past. That, that That's a thing that has happened. And so it is possible to do this within the setting and within the parameters of the setting that they have defined. But I don't want it to be Picard. I don't want it to be young Dr. Sung. And I don't know how I'd feel about a recast data. I, I don't know if that's, if that's the route that they're going. But in the end, we'll, we'll have to see what comes of it. Because... I really, I'm hoping I'm not seeing what they're planning, but I'm afraid that I see what they're planning, and I am not, not excited. So we're going to talk about those sp space flowers, right? <laughs> I mean, we can't talk about this episode without talking about the space flowers. That's probably one of the most beautiful moments in Star Trek, and I'm including the movies in this. That was beautiful when the orchids came up and they captured the ships and they pulled the board cube down and all that. That was it. That was a beautiful breathtaking moment that I have so many questions about because it looks that that, that looks so bioorganic and I, I know that they're heading that way and we've seen space creatures in Star Trek before 
You know, Tin Man's probably one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek ever. So I'm not opposed to there being living ships and stuff like that. But what I Brian had this wonderful line that he said he loved how they took out the threat with flower power. And I love that. I do like that. And I like the symbolism of that. I, I loved how it looked. It was beautiful. But it, it needs to mean something. And maybe it's to show how this society is being moved from a state of pacifism to war because of fear. So they basically built these orchids that would capture alien ships, power them down and bring them down to the planet where they were no longer a threat. And that's kind of a pacifistic, it's a, it's a less hostile. I'm not going to say nonviolent because it's still violence because remember the definition of violence that we use on this show is the forcible removal of another person's agency. And so it's still violence, but it is less harmful and less destructive. So props for that. And if it's only being used to show the fall of this society, like a high concept demonstration of the a fall of this society from this kind of peaceful, more nonviolent state to a more bellicose, we're going to join the AI gods in their program to destroy all organic life. I guess it sort of works, but if that's what they're doing it for, if that's why it's in there, I am concerned <laughs> that Star Trek Picard is using, relying so heavily on these telegraphed experiences, these you have to kind of read into what's going on. Like the whole backstory that they gave to seven for this episode for the series kind of relies on you having seen all of Voyager, because if you don't understand who each is and her relationship to him and all that, and I'm not going to rehash all that, don't worry. But you know, th that shorthand that they're expecting fans to bring with them. I, I think that that can work for background things. Like when you see Quark's bar, you know, and stuff in the background, you're like, ah, oh, look, Mr. Mott's hair emporium. Yay. Mr. Mott did himself good. You know, little things like that. That's fine. It, it gets more problematic when they're just telegraphing backstory that they expect you to have done your homework on, like with each But if that's the message we're supposed to be getting from the orchids, that's putting so much weight on a symbol that I'm only half convinced is a symbol. And that, that that's problematic. We, we don't get to, and it, they spent so much time getting us to this point that we don't have the time left to learn anything about these people before the Romulan invasion. So, I get the time compression that they need us to understand their culture, where they were, where they are, and where they're going really quickly. I'm just not, I'm not convinced that that's the best way to have done it. And I'm not sure what would have been better other than my constant kind of cry for the show that it needed more episodes. Because the limited number of episodes, I mean, we're only getting 10 episodes this season. 
that's not a lot of space to tell a story as grand and as epic as they're trying to tell us. Like, think about Raffi's story, right? We know that she knew about the, what was it, the Conclave of Eight? The Council of Eight? The, 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 the Group of Eight. We know that she knew about that. We know that she believed that they were behind the AI attack on Mars. We know that she basically got wrapped up and considered a conspiracy theorist and lost most of her credibility and relationships that she had. But we don't really get to know her. Like, it was so heartwarming, that moment in this episode where she goes up to Picard and hugs him and says, I love you, and he says, I love you too. And that moment of connection, it, it worked because they're both very good actors. Michelle Hurd, great actor. Patrick Stewart, great actor. And it worked because they are great actors. But we get one flashback of their life before everything went terrible. And it's the moment she gets fired. It's the moment right before she gets fired. Right? It's the moment right after he got fired from, or quit, or however you want to see that. And we get just a little bit here and a little bit there, but none of it's enough to settle in. Because when you think about the time frame that we're dealing with, it's been a couple days, maybe a couple weeks in time that this story has been taking place, right? When you actually look at the time cues, I'd say probably a month at most, all of the events in the story, right? And so we've seen Rafi go from I'm smoking snake weed out in the middle of nowhere because nobody cares about me to I'm joining the crew. I'm going to be helpful. And then I'm going to go talk to my son. My son doesn't want me to be part of his life because I did something that, you know, we, we can infer, you know, because of her obsession with the conspiracy theories and everything that, you know, she neglected her family. But again, we don't have context for that. If that's just his story, if that's what really happened, you know, we just have to take it at face value because that's a lot of the show. You just have to take it at face value. And then she's mad at Picard and she's doing the drugs again. And then she's sober and she's not mad at Picard. It's it's too much. It's too much of a roller coaster because we just keep bopping back and forth and back and forth. And I could do that with every character. I mean, Girardi has this big problem, too, that, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's terrible. I'm going to kill you. Oh, I regret killing you. I guess everything's fine now. In a, such a short space of time that it feels very whiplashy to me. Because I don't trust Girardi. And yeah, she was under the influence of a mind meld and all that. And okay, I get that, but... None of y'all knew her before this, so you still don't have a reason to trust her. Like, at least with Rafi, he has a prior relationship with her, so he has a reason to go, okay, your actions are not really you. He can distance her and separate the person who just locks herself in a room drinking and smoking snakeweed from the good-hearted, compassionate strong woman that she is because he's seen both. He knows both are in there. He has no reason to trust Dr. Girardi. 
And neither do we. And neither does Sung. And neither does anybody, because everybody... Uh. So, I mean, we'll see how this works out in the end. I mean, I'm glad to see that more XBs survived the cube than I thought did. That was nice. That cube is going to become important. And my, my personal feeling is that whatever happens, they're going to build the transmitter thingy. It's going to destroy the Romulan fleet. The alien AI gods are going to descend. And Seven of Nine is going to assimilate them because that's Annika Hansen's goal, because they are perfection. And now the Borg will have access to that perfection. And we're doing the storyline from Star Trek Phase 2 about the one. All over again. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about that on another episode a little bit later. Let me know if you want me to talk about that one. Because it's a storyline that they, they kind of changed a little bit and turned into the Borg. But yeah. So that, that, that's kind of my prediction. That's where I think that we're going. I, I, I don't know. All in all, I'm enjoying the show. I, I, the acting, they did the, the good thing of hiring actors that could pull off the parts, even when the writing is weak. And it, it's pulling me along. I, I, I liked this episode. I don't think it set up a strong finale, season finale. But the, the problem in a lot of ways is they knew they were getting the second season going into it. So they, they, they didn't feel the pressure to make sure that they got that. And I, I think what this is going to feel like is that Picard season one and season two, that's like part one and part two of the same season. Uh, that, uh, I think that's where we're going to get to in the end. Anyway, I hope you liked it. If you did, let me know down in the show notes. You'll find a link to the voice message system. I would really love to hear from you and know that you all are okay. If you do use that, keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over Project Shadow, including to the Facebook group, which I have been using to post about what's going on here locally. So if you want to know what's going on with me and my life, I've been putting a lot of that on Instagram and in the Facebook group, which you can find links to both of those at projectshadow.com. Um, I've also started putting together playlists on Spotify where I'm collecting up the um, episodes by theme into playlists, and I'll be sharing those links out on my Twitter account and also on Facebook. And I might be embedding them on the website, debating whether I'm going to do that, but I'm probably going to do that. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Alrighty. I think that's it. Like, like subscribe. If you have the money and want to help, we really could use it, but so could everybody else. Patreon and listener support are in the show notes. Um, take care of one another. All right. Until next time, don't forget, even in times like these to have the fun. Bye.